Welcome to the College Investor Audio Show, where we talk about the biggest issues impacting millennial money, from student loan debt to side hustles to building wealth. We will show you how to get out of debt so that you can build real wealth for the future. Hey there, and welcome to the College Investor Audio Show. Today, looking at the best investment strategy by age. Yes, this is the ultimate guide. Now, although there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to the best investment strategy, there is one of the questions I receive almost every single day is, what is the best investment strategy? So from what do I invest in to how do you get started investing to picking individual stocks, everyone is looking for a magic investment strategy that will make them millionaires overnight. Okay, the truth is that doesn't happen. So if it's too good to be true, yep, it is. But you invest in stocks because over the long run, investing in the stock market has outperformed other investments. But that doesn't mean you should invest everything in stocks. Here's how to craft the best investment strategy and why you should always think about your portfolio and all your money as a whole. While we call this the investment strategy by age guide, your age is really subject to your investment time horizon. So let's take a look at that. Risk and return by asset class. So the first thing to remember when it comes to investing is that risk and return are always correlated. What this means is if you want to earn more or have a higher return, you're going to have to accept higher risk. For example, you might lose money. Also, past performance doesn't guarantee future returns. Now, that means just because something returned, you know, 50% in the past, <laughs> doesn't mean it will do it again in the future. Here's a great example of returns over the last 15 years, as well as risk reward from novel investor. So let's look at the asset classes. Large cap stocks, average return, 7.7%, not bad. Best one-year return, over 32%. The worst one-year term or return is negative 37%. Small cap stocks have an average return of 7.5%. Their best one-year return, almost 40%. And their worst one-year return, negative 33.8%. International stocks, average return just a tick above 5%. The best one-year return for an international stock, just a little bit above 32%. And their worst one-year return, ugh, negative 43%. REIT, average return, a little over 8.5%. The best one-year return, a little over 35%. The worst, negative 37%. Let's take a look at high-grade bonds. Their average return is just a, a little under 4%. The best one-year return for a high-grade bond, a little under 8%. The worst one-year return, not bad, really low risk here, minus 2%. Okay, now cash. Of course, it has the lowest return. The average return, 1.25%. The best one-year return, 4.7%. But the worst one-year return, zero. There's no risk with cash. And as we can see here, the, the assets like stocks have a fantastic average return versus cash. However, cash won't lose you money. Whereas you can lose money in stocks in a one-year period of time. So that's why, as you set up your investment strategy, you need to take your risk tolerance and time horizon into consideration. Remember, investing is not gambling, and investing is long-term. If you invest today, could you lose money? Yes, 
If you don't invest in a portfolio of diversified investments, do you increase your risk of losing money? Yes. If you follow individuals who pick stocks and trade and they're experts, do they win sometimes? Sure. But so do gamblers in Vegas. If you go back to what we mentioned before when we're talking about asset classes, investing is long-term because you want to take advantage of the long-term behavior of an asset class. You're not betting on the individual behavior of one company. And to achieve that result, you need to stay in the market for a long period of time. There's no way to predict what will happen tomorrow, next week, or next year, despite what all the experts like to say. But over the long term, meaning decades, we can extrapolate some historical data to build an estimate of what usually works. So that's why you consistently hear and will hear us at The College Investor say that you need to invest in index funds over the long term. Do you need a financial planner? Well, maybe. When it comes to investing, it can be scary. And creating an investment strategy can be very confusing, but many people won't need a financial planner to help them. There could be other financial professionals that make sense, but don't think it's mandatory to have a financial planner to start investing. Where a financial planner can be helpful is in creating the plan, helping you navigate a life event financially. Think marriage, baby, death of a parent. Or if you really can't take the time or put in the effort and you need someone to kick you in the pants to make it happen. <laughs> so here are some tools and tactics for your investment strategy. When you're investing, you have a wide variety of tools and assets at your disposal. And to get started, here's a look at some of those tools first. Here are a few main tools for investing for the long term. You and your earnings, which is your ability to generate cash flow over time. A business. This would be a business you own that generates cash flow. Real estate, property that generates cash flow and may appreciate. Stocks, bonds, and other paper assets. These are holdings of larger firms that may generate cash flow and may appreciate. Outside of these tools, there are also important considerations on how to hold them effectively, what account to put them in, and these are some of the account types that can be taxable or tax-deferred. So the main accounts you've probably heard before, taxable holdings, IRA, 401k, or an HSA. Knowing your tools and tactics can help you frame the understanding of how to structure your investment strategy. So a quick note, this show today kind of dismisses the idea of your own risk tolerance and asset allocation because it's seeking my definition of best. So if you're thinking of your own risk tolerance to build a proper asset allocation, hopefully this guide we're about to go through will give you some ideas. So the best investment strategy in the long term or 20 plus years now, this should be the goal for most investors under 50, a 20-plus year investment time horizon. At the 20-year time horizon, your portfolio should be mostly assets that have growth potential and may be riskier as a result. Equities and leveraged real estate are prime examples of assets you should focus on. For a 20-plus year portfolio, you should pick an investment allocation that is almost exclusively equities and real estate. Low-cost index funds, maxing out retirement and tax-deferred savings vehicles, and even consider business ownership. All of these investments are well-suited to long-term growth. So here's the best investment strategy for medium-term, like 5 to 19 years. So this is the time when you need to start really thinking about the strategy for the future. 
You're getting close enough to the end that you need to plan drawdowns, and you should also be shifting your assets to something that likely won't lose value. One of the biggest risks in early retirement is massive decline. Think about retiring in 2006 and then having 60% of your portfolio value gone in 2008. That would be detrimental. Huge portfolio loss in retirement or approaching retirement means one of two things will happen. You will have to work and save longer, or you will have to live on less, potentially much less. To avoid this as much as possible, as you approach the 5-10 to 10 year out mark, you should be moving into asset classes that historically don't lose as much in a downturn. So you can go back to the earlier part of the podcast to see why people start shifting to more and more bonds into their portfolio. They still have a slightly better return than cash without as much risk as equities. So for other assets like real estate, you should be moving from a leveraged real estate position to a deleveraged one. This means paying off the debt so you can enjoy the cash flow. If you have a business, you need to begin exit planning if you're thinking about using the business to fund your retirement. All right, so let's take a look at best investment strategies for short term, like less than five years. So when you're already getting to the end and you need a short-term investment strategy, it's really time to think outside the investment box and more into the capital preservation box. <laughs> now, there's a difference between retirement and short-term. Retirement, you have a mix, short-term and medium-term. Just because you retire at 65 doesn't mean you're dead at 70. You need to have a mix of strategies for both short-term and medium-term because it's very possible to live until 90 or beyond. My grandpa turned 97 this past weekend. Short-term investment strategies are inherently cash and bond heavy. The reason is simple. You don't want to lose. If you honestly can't stand any loss, check out a money market account and park your cash and earn the best rate you can get. Bonds are a little more risky, with bond funds definitely susceptible to loss. If you have real estate, you should definitely be debt-free and cash-flowing. You should also have your management in place and thought about an exit strategy. A business is very risky short-term and not recommended as a short-term investment. So here's some reasons not to invest. You should never invest money you can't afford to lose. For example, if you're saving for a house and plan to buy in the next five years, investing isn't the best approach. You could see your investment drop 50%, which sets you backwards in your goal of buying a house when it would likely be a great time to buy a house. A better approach for something like this would be a money market account. Second, you should never, ever invest in something you don't understand. Don't invest in something because a friend said so. Don't invest if you don't understand the cost and fee structure. And never buy from an agent who won't tell you how much they're getting paid to recommend this product and what possible alternatives may be. Here's some final thoughts. So now that you have some ideas around an investment strategy, you can create an investment plan for yourself. This means actually setting up an allocation and maybe even writing an investment plan out so you have it on paper. This will guide you as you make your decisions around what to invest in and how to structure your holdings to achieve your financial goals. I really hope this was helpful to you. It's just fun to talk about this stuff, to talk about the future and to get a plan in place. If you have any questions about anything you heard or just need some clarification, and there's a bunch of resources and links too that you can check out at thecollegeinvestor.com. Please subscribe, share. Thanks so much for listening. Have an awesome day.